Hi, and welcome to the Quick and Dirty Romance Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Sky McDonald, author of the Auntie Bell series. And I'm Sarah Smith, author of Faker, If You Never Come Back, Simmer Down, and On Location. And together, we're Sarah Sky, author of the best-selling Sips and Strokes and Vibes and Feels. Each episode, we'll dive deep into what it's like to be a contemporary romance author. We'll talk writing inspiration, give you the inside scoop about the publishing world, chat about how we write those infamous sex scenes, and more. And then we'll pull out and wrap it up in 30 minutes or less, but we promise to leave you satisfied. So if you haven't already read our books, be sure to check them out after you listen to this podcast and DM us with any questions or requests for future episodes. And as always, your likes, comments, and subscribes are greatly appreciated. Yes, and today we're chatting about epilogues in romance books. And so for those of you who may not know, epilogues are a section at the end of a book, in this case a romance, usually a chapter that brings closure to the story. So they're kind of like a bonus HEA. And recently, Sky and I heard some chatter on social media about epilogues, specifically the kind of epilogues that people really love and really hate. <laughs> it was a bit of a hot take. Wouldn't you say it was. Okay. it was a bit of a hot take indeed. And it got me to thinking a lot about epilogues and how I write them, how we write them. But before we get into that kind of hot take and what people had to say, let's first discuss what does make a good epilogue and what makes a bad one? This is a this is an interesting question. Is there a bad? You know, good and bad are so subjective, Sarah. Like they're really just guidelines. But in your hot take opinion, what does make a good ep- epilogue? Okay, so in my opinion, and obviously this is just me, <laughs> but I love when an epilogue takes place a good amount of time in the future and it's just kind of like a build off of the HEA, the happily ever after that's already happened in, in the book. And so for me, I just kind of want to see the characters fully in their happily ever after experiencing life. Just, and maybe that's just because I'm somebody who, I just want things to be as happy and wonderful as possible (laughs) in every romance that I read. Um, I know not everybody's the same, but it's really, I mean, it's pretty simple for me. I just want it to be happy. I want to see the characters living their lives, living their actual happily ever after and thriving and doing something that makes them happy and showing them as a couple succeeding and just, just having joy. I don't know. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Joy. (laughs) What, what do you what for you sky what makes a good epilogue for you when it has no that's not where i want to go when <laughs> when it makes sense as an extension of the story right um i want to i like that like just living in joy kind of thing but more than that when there's a reason to continue the story a little bit further to get us to a place where Yes, time has passed and they are living their lives. And to that end, there's something else worth talking about, right? Um, I think about my epilogues because every one of the Auntie Bell books, I think, has an epilogue, maybe, maybe not. Uh, The first two, Not Suitable for Work and Off the Record, definitely do. But they're both almost short stories, right? Like they're a little bit longer than like, oh, here's an extra chapter, But what they both are, are the proposal, 
Okay. So there's a little bit more to kind of lead up and it becomes a little bit like tense. And then the proposal gets you to the next level of the HEA basically. But I really like, it doesn't need to be long or short. If it's, if it's longer and more content that I want to read, cause I'm obsessed with the characters, then great. If it's an extra chapter that just gives me, like you said, a little bit more of that warm and fuzzy. Right. But I think what makes a good one overall is that there's a reason to read it. And that reason is we're showing this couple falling even further, like you said, into joy. Yeah, I love that. I love that you said that there's a reason for it happening or there's a reason to have an epilogue because I think a lot of times with the happily ever after, it can feel very complete. You know, that that final chapter can feel like, okay, yep, they're good. And then sometimes I just find myself wanting more. Mm-hmm. To, I just want to see the characters just fully in their happily ever after, like I said. So that epilogue is just like a bonus, bonus joyness, joyness, that's not, <laughs> bonus joy. Um, but, but you're right. Like, I guess sometimes they, unless there's a clear purpose for the HEA or for the epilogue, it can feel kind of like more of the same, but even then I don't care. Like I just, I want more of that. I want more of the, the joy, the happiness, the good vibes, the happy feels. <laughs> the vibes and the feels. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, I think that one of the goals and successes of a, of a romance is that you fall in love with the characters. So you do wish there was more. The book Hangover, I think, especially in romance, can be very, very strong because you're just so swept away, right? As opposed to maybe like a book about murder or people being (laughs) terrible to each other. I mean, I loved the book Gone Girl, okay? I almost threw the book across the room halfway through because I did not see the twists coming. Loved it. But I didn't really need to spend more time with those people. It was like, okay, wow. Um, But in romance, like you said, it's just continued happiness. And I think that there's a lot of like, I think there's a lot of readers, including me, who, yeah, just want to see more of a life being unfolded. Like I'm thinking about Faker, Mm -hmm. right? And where you took it from there. Uh, And I don't want to give it away for people who are beginning their Sarah Smith journey. But um, the way you took the epilogue and made it such a natural output from things that had been picked up in the or mentioned and referenced in important key themes um i think that was really lovely so yeah it was just more like ensconced in happiness but okay then so what makes a bad epilogue if there is anything okay and that's that's a really good point that you um put out because like you said everything's subjective what one person loves another person isn't going to like what one person hates another person could just absolutely be in love with. Um, so for me, a bad epilogue is if there's like, if somebody dies in the epilogue, um, which doesn't, I'm not, I don't think that happens often, especially in like romance that mm-hmm. I've read. Um, and I'm not even thinking of anything in particular that I've read, but I've read epilogues where like a char- like a side character, it's been mentioned in passing that they passed away. And that really like bothered me. And again, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't integral to the story. I just like, I don't want anybody to die. Okay. Like even in an (laughs) epilogue, even in a fictional story where none of these people exist in real life, like that, that really took, takes me out of the joy of the moment, you know? Um, 
also if there's some sort of like cliffhanger I'm just not a fan like I need in a romance I need the epilogue to be um to be like you know that these characters are going to be okay. Now, I know, like, in a lot of series, like, romance series, epilogue, because there are characters, multiple characters, multiple couples, you need to sort of set things up for the subsequent book. So there'll be, like, you know, maybe um, maybe a mention of whatever, like, the characters that are going to be the, the main characters of the next book in the series. There'll be, like, some leading conversations or, like, you know, some like, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen with that. But that's different to me. Like, that's different than an actual cliffhanger where you're like, whoa, whoa wait, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Like, so pretty much anything that would negate the happily ever after is a no-go for me. Like, as long as, as long as things stay happy and joyful. And yes, if it's a series, we get those little, like, nuggets to lead us to read the next book. That's totally fine. I just, it just needs to be happy. Like, for my, for my well-being, it just needs to be happy. Okay, so am I hearing you say that you don't like it if the epilogue takes the spotlight off of that couple? You know what I mean? So, like, I'm thinking about mm, Not Suitable for Work's epilogue. And in it, the spotlight is entirely on Celeste and Ben. But also in it, if you're reading it correctly, like, if you're paying attention to what's happening, your question would be, what's going on with Nick? Okay, and Nick is the is the main character of the second book in my series off the record. So I definitely did like if you're reading the epilogue, you should be thinking, what is Nick up to right now? But the spotlight does not track off of Celeste and Ben, as opposed to like and I haven't really read an epilogue where it was basically all about a different character. Well, mm, maybe I have really I can't name the title, but I do feel like that might be a thing where it's like, wait, whose book is this? And you're really looking more at it, like, like I said, the spotlight is more on the next character. And it's like, is this really an epilogue? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, um, now that you say that, I can think of a couple books that I've read where that kind of was the direction it took. And again, like, there are no rules. No. You know? It's writing, it's creative. Um, like, again, what one writer does would work beautifully for them and their readership. And maybe another writer doesn't do that because they don't want to and they know that their readers wouldn't like it. But like, but what you said, like, um, I loved the epilogue for Not Suitable for Work. I thought it was perfect. And I thought it was a really good setup for Off the Record, the subsequent book, Nick's book, because in a series, I think you do need to set up your your next characters. And there's a way to do that without making the epilogue for the previous book feel incomplete or weird or completely unsettled. And you did that really, really well. Because I was wondering about Nick and like okay who's gonna who is he gonna like fall in love with but I was also like but I need to have Celeste and Ben have some yeah. happiness <laughs> because it's still their story right right yeah I don't know I think that's interesting I I have a funny thing that I have deleted from my epilogues because I have to say not to be too much of a prude I don't know if I need more banging in the epilogue I'm not sure that I don't. And please, again, for our listeners, I'm we are in no way like we're we're simply reflecting on our preferences and tastes, right? Like I'm sure there are many epilogues that are just nothing but banging and they're fantastic. But I feel like I've already gotten the intimacy mm-hmm. and I kind of just want to see what life looks like for them now. And I mean, 
I'm saying this because I used to put way more sex scenes in my book and my books are steamy. Like people are like, whoa, especially the first one, um, because it was my freshman release. But I cut my teeth in romance with Christina Lauren's beautiful series, which is basically doing it every few chapters. And so my quantity of scenes was pretty high and is still pretty, pretty steamy. I mean, even our unlikely pairing series, there are multiple events. There are multiple sexual events in each one of them. Sounds the least sexy when you call them multiple sexual events, by the way. <laughs> I love fornications. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, in the epilogue, I want, have, I want to have already gotten my steam, right? And now I kind of want, the, for me, I kind of want the epilogue to be more cozy. And maybe they reference some steam that had just finished up, like in maybe Vibes and Feels. But... You know, and they can certainly be spicy, but I definitely want the focus to be on like kind of like what you were saying initially. What is their life like? Right. Like, what does it look like now that we've gotten past the angst and the initial like. Lighter fluid sort of sparks. And now that they're people who are living their lives together, what does that look like? And I think that really is like I'm not saying that doing it a different way is bad, but definitely that's my favorite. That's a really, I love that. And that's a really good point that you bring up because I'm just now realizing in most of the epilogues, except maybe one, I don't think that I've written sex in them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't even mean to do that. And the one that I did write sex in, it was like, it was very relevant to what, to the storyline. So that's really interesting. Yeah, that's, um, I didn't even realize. I definitely cut a bunch of steam from my epilogues too, because it was kind of like when I was early in my writing and I was drafting these things, it was like doing it all the time. But, and it's like, let's pull that back. I mean, they're definitely intimate in the books or in the epilogues, but like, we don't need the full on, like, here's four pages of, you know, um, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I don't, that's just, I think, um, how long after, is, is there a rule on that? How long after does it need to take place? Uh, I mean, it would be long enough to know that they have, like we've been saying, like that they're a couple, right? Long enough to have something meaningful show up. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question because again, there's not a rule. It's just whatever feels right to the story. Um, I think for me, I like it to be somewhat in like some, like a certain amount of time in the future. So not like a month later. Mm -hmm. Um, I want it to be like a year, a year and a half, because I want to know that the characters have made it long term Mm -hmm. um, and that they're doing well because like, and okay, full, full disclosure, the epilogue in Faker (laughs) takes like about a month after the story. So I broke my own rule in that situation but I feel like it was relevant to the story for why it needed to be a month after but in general I just want it to be longer than that because I feel like okay so like a month after you're still in like the honeymoon phase obviously you're still gonna like each other you're still gonna like be having sex like rabbits all the time (laughs) like it's the best time ever you know after you make it official with the person you love you're gonna act on those like super you know, intense feelings and you're going to be into them. And that's great. But I want to know, like, into the future, these characters are still into each other a year, a year and a half later, they're still okay. 
they're going to live their lives beautifully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, again, that's probably just me wanting maximum happiness all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. And I think that, well, okay. So we have the hot take and what's included and what's not included. And I do have one more question that I think I'd like to put to our audience. So let's talk about what's included and what's not included, including the hot take <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that kind of spawned this whole thing. To me, I mean, I don't want to reiterate right now because I feel like we've made our points clear about what we do like. My epilogues tend to focus on proposals and mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of different ways you can track with that, but most of mine do with the exception of vibes and feels no spoilers on it. Just saying that that is not a proposal. Um, but the idea that there are things that should not, or that are not good to have included. Sarah, do you want to just go ahead and take us there? Yeah. So I saw recently that some people really don't like when there's a pregnancy reveal in an epilogue. And that really surprised me because I, I love, that I love that to me is showing like, oh, look, see how much this couple loves each other. They're going to have a baby. It's going to be great. I get um, that. I also get why people wouldn't like it because it is the de facto concept that to be a happy couple, you need to have a child. And I know many child free couples. I do not have a child. I, I know that it's that's a personal business for me and my decisions on it are personal. But as it is for everyone. I remember when I was a teacher, a student asked me, they were like, when are you going to have a kid? And I told her, I was like, you should not ask somebody that because you don't know what they're going through. Maybe they want to and can't, or maybe they don't want to. And like, it was a good teachable moment, but like, I totally get why needing to have a baby be part of the HEA is sort of presumptive and a little bit antiquated, but it surprises me that it would bother people. Right. Yeah. It, and um, then that's a really good point um, because obviously like everyone's different. A lot of people find um, stuff to do with like fertility or pregnancy triggering for a variety of personal reasons. And I totally, I totally get that. Um, but I guess it just surprised me how many people were like, oh yeah, I hate it when there are pregnancies and epilogues because I've written a lot of pregnancies in my epilogues and I don't have I don't have kids. I just, the only reason that I did it is because it felt appropriate to the characters. Like the characters arc to me ended with them having a family and not because I think having a family is the only way that you can be happy or find fulfillment. That is absolutely not true. Obviously I do not have children. So obviously I don't think that that's true, but I just think in, in the context of this fictional story that I've created, it works a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But it was just really like, I guess I just didn't realize how many people disliked it. And it made me think like, oh, I wonder if that made anyone dislike my books because I've written that in a lot of them. Well, can I can I put some spoilers on if you never come back? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. It's been out for like two years. If you haven't okay. read it yet, guys, it's your fault, not, not ours. <laughs> read it. But I'm going to use if you never come back as a good example of that, okay? Because that is your epilogue there. Yep. And, yeah. but what I think is so good about that is that the, the crux of the story is about people who need family, right? Like your main characters are searching for like family and connection in a way that like, say, 
take, for example, Celeste and Ben in Not Suitable for Work, they're not searching for that. They both have very strong family units, okay? So what you're doing is you're using, like, the creation of a new family as, like, healing, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's there's growth and there's progress for two people who didn't think that that was really available to them. So it's not like, oh, we didn't have anything or we weren't really a couple, but now we're a couple. Like, that's not it. Like, I think it's a really beautiful, I think If You Never Come Back is a really beautiful example of where, like, that really is, like, a new day, for this for these this couple and it's not like a presumption that they wouldn't have been happy without it but it's more of like an affirmation of life and the changes that they've gone through yeah exactly and thank you for putting it that way because that's exactly what that's exactly what i was trying to convey when i wrote it um i didn't i didn't start writing that thinking that like okay and this is going to end in an epilogue and the main character she's going to find out that she's pregnant it just felt Appropriate mm-hmm. to take it there in the epilogue because that's where the story ended up going. And if you've ever read anything that I've written, family is a pretty strong mm-hmm. element. Um, so it shouldn't be that big of a surprise that half the time the characters end up pregnant. So the familial bonds between like mother and daughter are always very important in your books. Also, I'd just like to know if uh, if anyone is listening and they heard some very strange fa- sounds in the background. My dog is dreaming right underneath my chair. <laughs> not to undermine the seriousness of this conversation but yeah I think like your maternal bonds especially have always been super super important and so like even the carrying forth of that torch is something that I see as a a a motif if I if you will in your books um to throw out an English teacher word um but yeah it's an it's a make sense kind of thing as opposed to like a de facto just like I said just like oh well of course they're gonna have a baby because they're they're married now right like that's not I don't feel like that's your implication at all and I guess I could see where that would be a little bit eye-rolly um for me I'm just simply because you know I was married and we did not have a child and we chose that um and it was fine but I also think that you know a celebration of life is a celebration of life so it kind of surprises me when people get mad about things like that so I don't know (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly what, um, that's exactly how I feel about that too. So I, I feel like weddings are really, really popular, um, tool in romances and rom-coms, either like in the story itself or in epilogues. Um, and I don't like, I don't like weddings. I didn't have a wedding and like, and and I know that that's different than, you know, children and having a family, but like, there are plenty of things that I don't like that I do it doesn't take me out of the story because it's appropriate to the story you know so if it's a big wedding like plot I love it if it works for the story I love it you know what I mean like there are a lot of things that I don't personally do that wouldn't work in my real life but this is a fictional story and if it works in the story that's great and I'm a thousand percent in it so that but that's just the kind of reader that I am I guess and I and again like not trying to be insensitive to people who don't like certain things, but like, I guess you never know until you read the book and read the epilogue and see how it turns out if you hate it or not. (laughs) Yeah, because I definitely have, they're very limited, but there are a few tropes within the genre that I'm like, no, I don't like that. I like, I just do not like it. Um, I don't find it. I don't, I'm, it's very hard to offend me. Um, unless you're like really working to do it. 
Um, but there are some tropes, which we may talk about in future episodes, but there are some tropes that I really am like, I do not like that. I think those are poor life choices. Um, <laughs> but otherwise it's like, sure, it's a story. I'll go with it. Um, or I'm not interested in the characters and I won't go with it. That's my choice as well. Um, so the question that I wanted to ask before we finish up here, and this question I think might be fun to put as like a poll or something for readers, just, you know, our future edification. In what format, where do you like the epilogue to be? Okay, so follow me here. The options I can think of are A, at the end of the book, right? Like just, you know, star, star, star epilogue, which is exactly how we do it in Unlikely Pairing series. B, as its own content, either published or like a little short story, or available through mailing list signups kind of things, right? Like as a free giveaway, like where do you like to find it? Do you want it to be inside of the book or do you like it better if it lands in your inbox as bonus content out of nowhere kind of thing? That is a really excellent question. And I am the same, like I would love to hear people's opinions about this because I'm, um, I'm per like, I don't feel like I personally have like a hard and fast preference I guess for ease, it's nice if it's included in the book mm. already, so then I don't have to go looking for it. But um, I also kind of think it's fun when sometimes, like you said, like authors will be like, okay, I have an epilogue for this. So if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll get it. And I'm always down to do that. Like, and I have done that for myself personally. I think that's what I did with Faker because <laughs> the epilogue isn't in the book. Mm -hmm. on its own so people um get it whenever they sign up for my author newsletter but i don't know what do you what do you prefer sky you personally it's funny i really think we did it right with unlikely pairings having it at the end of the book mm -hmm. uh, i think it neatly wraps up the story but i have used it as bonus content for my mail mailing list uh, in the anti bell series so actually i'm kind of happy either way as a reader if I love the book enough or the, I think as a reader, I would probably need to know that it was like a series to really want the extra content. Um, mm -hmm. But if it's at the end of a book, I'm just going to read it. So that's an interesting thing to kind of ponder. I would really be interested to know what our readers and authors who listen thought about this, because I think that the important thing to remember, you know, one of our goals here is talking about what it's like to be a romance writer. And so for especially people who are aspiring romance writers, I think the kind of biggest takeaway is epilogue, no epilogue, baby, marriage, whatever. Just make it your own because there's really no rules. It's just kind of whatever you see, like as Sarah was saying, is like the natural outproduct of this couple's personality. And I think that makes a lot of sense um, just sort of globally. But it's a fun thing to think about, especially if people have very strong opinions on things. <laughs> so, yeah, let's figure out what our audience likes. We'll put it up on like poll on Instagram or something. So be sure to be uh, checking out our stories. And on that note, whew, that was good for me. Was it good for you, Sarah? Hell yeah, it was good for me. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please, please do leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you haven't already read our books, they are Sips and Strokes and Vibes and Feels by Sarah Sky, Not Suitable for Work, Off the Record and Nemesis by me, Sky McDonald, and Fakers Simmer Down, If You Never Come Back, and On Location by Sarah Smith, 
and the very soon to be released The Close Up, also by Sarah Smith. You can find us on Twitter as author Sarah Sky and on Instagram as author Sarah Sky. I am on both Twitter and Instagram at writer Sky McD. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at author Sarah S. We love to hear from you, so reach out and DM us with any questions or requests for future episodes. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.